Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Oh, Jesus. How many love Jesus in this house? Come on. How many still love Jesus, right? How many ready for the word this morning? How many hungry for the word of God? By the way, now you guys got me curious. What, uh, where is the nearest Cheddar's at? Airport? Okay. Don't go? Okay. Well, there's a mixed, there's a mixed crowd here. We're going to pray for unity. Uh, the altar call. <laughs> this side says no, this side says yes. All right. Anyways, um, how many are ready for the word of God? I just want to say I love my RCC family. This is, this is supposed to feel like family. And so we laugh at each other, we smile at each other, it's because we know each other and we love each other. So I want us to pray because this is going to be a sobering message um, that I'm going to re- start releasing entitled Obedience from an Eternal Perspective. Say eternal. I have a little revelation for you. That means forever. That means nonstop. Obedience from an eternal. And I want everyone, if you can, to, if you, to pay attention and, and not talk because I do want to release something to you. I want to also preface this by saying, as a minister of the gospel, as a, as a pastor, I must preach the full counsel of God. So I can't just preach messages that make you feel good, uh, although this is going to make you feel good because you're lovers of the Lord. But I just, I just can't avoid one topic because of culture. I, I, I want to say something that was not in my notes before I, I preach. Recently, there's been announcements of people that are leaving the faith, that are, are prominent leaders. Some of you guys know, they're publicly saying, I'm denouncing my faith in Jesus after um, walking with the Lord for 30 years. And we need to pray for these people. That's not the end of their story. Amen? God, God is greater than their backsliding ways. However, however, please listen to me. I heard several pastors, because I'm prefacing what I'm about to preach, Say that the, the pressures of this culture are so great now than even before. On the culture that we're living in, there's so much pressure to not preach certain things. Even from within the Christian circles. There's so many uh, movements in the Christian circles that if you, if, if you say one thing that's biblical, but it doesn't touch that Christian camp, they're going to get offended and they're going to criticize, and they're going to be mad because someone talked about eternity. Brother George, don't talk about that. Let's not, we're always going to have that. We're always going to focus. People, don't focus on that. I wanted to tell you, I'm not focusing on heaven or hell this morning, but I am going to tell you that that's a reality, and I am going to tell you that as Christians, biblically, doctrinally, um, and, and theologically, we will all stand as Christians before the judgment seat of Christ. And that is not for the unbelievers, for the Christian. And when I, when I say this, to preface this, is that, that we can never be late to that appointment. That, that's going to be an appointment that's happening. So I want us to pray, and I want us to, to really hear the word of the Lord this morning. Father, I ask you that you would release your presence, release your glory, release your word today. Lord, and I pray, Lord God, that it would be stirring the hearts of the people as we see what you're doing. And I pray that you would motivate us in our obedience not to have a temporal vision of our time on this earth, but help us to have an eternal, eternal perspective when it comes to our obedience. And everyone said, 
Amen. I know, Zach, I gave you some videos and pictures. We'll sh share that uh, in a minute. Um, well, not in a minute, in, during my sermon. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many love the word of, of God? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Uh, I have a couple scriptures here for you. So again, um, I, I've also read many the theologians and commentaries just to help sup supplement my, my studying. When I study, I study the, the word, I study for hours, but I also read commentaries. I also read uh, other theologians' topics on this. And if, if you have a common denominator of agreement in there, then there's, there's something to be worth that. Because scripture is left to interpretation for people. Now... Look at what Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9. Are you there? Therefore, look, I, want the, I want you to hear the Apostle Paul and, and try to hear, if you can, his tone. I know that it's impossible, but try to hear his tone in this. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, listen to this, to be well-pleasing to him. Well-pleasing. We make it our aim. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive, this is a key, the things done in the body according to what he has done. See, there's a myth out there that you don't have to do anything. According to what he has done, whether good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Let me pause. If I would say something about the terror of the Lord, everyone would say that I'm irrelevant. And I'm not talking about the terror of the Lord. But Paul the Apostle said, knowing the terror of the Lord, look at what he says. We persuade men. But we are well known to God. I also trust that we are well known in your conscience. Can I hear an amen? I believe so many Christians live only for this temporal life. And when we live only for this temporal, earthly life, even though that's something that it may be good in your uh, lifetime because you want to fulfill your calling. You want to do what God is doing, going to do. But if you, even in your calling, if you fulfill, try to fulfill your calling in a temporal mindset, in other words, I'll just be a Christian and I'll float by, but, but not realize that I do need to answer the call of God in my life. Or not realize that there are certain things that we do that may be good, but they have no kingdom value in it. And so we have little understanding uh, of what motivated Paul the Apostle and what motivated the early church about their obedience. Because the reason why the early church could go through so much persecution, hear me now, and so much pain and so much adversity is because they had a revelation of an eternal perspective that they're going to live forever. Not just in the placement of heaven or hell, but how they would live in eternity was based on how they lived on this earth. And so obedience is not only important to us, but it's very important to the Lord. And, and I believe, so how does, how does works, our works, when the Bible in Corinthians says, and our works will be judged things what we do. How does our works play into our Christianity? And how does our works play to eternity? Now, follow me. I'm just giving you a foundation right now. So we're saved by grace. Everybody knows that. We're saved by grace, not of works, right? In other words, we can't earn salvation. Jesus did it for us. But we still have to receive what he did, right? That's a whole other, that's a whole other sermon right there. There's people out there that says you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to receive anything. Everyone is saved. 
It says, we are saved by grace, but our works matter when it comes to our behavioral obedience. Can I hear an amen? Our works matter. As believers and followers of Jesus, our works will be tried. Hear me, hear me this, please. Our works will be tried, and it will be judged by a righteous king, our Lord. I'm not painting Jesus as this mad person. I'm painting Jesus as the righteous judge that we will all stand before one day. And when we have a revelation that we are living this earth and how we live this earth affects our placement in eternity. And I'm going to give you scripture for that. Then our obedience will be motivated and fueled a lot better. Because we will have an eternal perspective saying everything that I'm doing here on this earth in this short time that we have like 70 years is nothing compared to eternity. How can we live our life and we wasted our whole life in, in trying to get a 401k, nothing wrong with a 401k, a, a career, a job, and not fulfill the call of God that God has in our lives. You could be a Christian and you could walk with God and, and neglect your calling. And that day when we stand before the Lord, your works will be tried. And whatever is... Whatever lasts will remain, and whatever doesn't last will be burned. And I'm going to share that with you. The reason I say this is because I, I, I read a lot of quotes from people when it comes to the things that I'm studying. And I want you, to, and I, I'm quoting, I'm going to quote Mike Bickle. I've, I've, I've quoted uh, John Bevere. John Bevere is an amazing man of God who's been used by me. Uh, you know, Mike Bickle uh, is known for the prayer movement. He's, in my opinion, one of the greatest theologians of our time. I believe that he has, he has such a great teaching anointing, not only on prayer, but on just life. And I want you to see these quotes that I just that I ha, that I I researched from him. And I want you to see. Look at what he says about our works. You guys got this? You could you could screenshot it. We are or take a picture. You can't screenshot this. <laughs> we are saved as a free gift by faith in Jesus' work. But we are listen to me. This is key. We are rewarded. Everybody say rewarded. Everybody say rewarded. I'm going to say it again. We are saved by, as a free gift by faith in Jesus' work, but we are rewarded according to our works. Our entrance to heaven is not based on our works, but our place in heaven is. Our works greatly matter. Some misunderstand, hear me, some misunderstand the value of their works because if we are not saved by works, they falsely conclude that their works do not matter. In other words, they say, well, we're saved by grace, not, not by works. And that's true. But they falsely conclude that just because they're saved by grace that their works doesn't matter. Their works matter greatly because we will each have a different reward based on our obedience. I have a newsflash, a shocker for you. Not everyone that is saved is going to get the same reward. How do we get the reward? Because nowadays everyone gets a reward. You know, the first place team and the last place team, the tenth place team. Well, they, they did good. Someone give them the same reward. The person that got 10th place, come on somebody, and the person that got first place are not going to get the same reward. Look at the next quote. Look at the next quote. We're not rewarded, look at this, according to our life vision. I love this. We're not rewarded according to our life visions or plans that we intend to do. Let me pause. A lot of times we go 20 years intending to be obedient to the call of God. Maybe some of you have a call to go to Africa to preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. Or to be a businessman. Maybe God called you to be a businessman. Whatever God called you to do, you have an intention to do it. But if you never did it, you will not receive a reward for your intention. Hear me? We are not rewarded according to our life vision or plans that we intend to do. That means some of us need to wake up. 
But we are rewarded for our actual follow-through of these visions and plans. Here's a direct quote. Many have a big vision for their life and intend to grow in God and spend their time and money in ways that please Jesus. But they do not follow through with those intentions. So we will not be rewarded for our intentions of being obedient to the Lord. Let that slap us in the face. We will not be rewarded for our, we're not going to stand before the Lord and he, let me just, oh, I feel this from, let me just finish this. We will not be rewarded for our intentions of being obedient to the Lord, but for the actual follow through and actions of our obedience. Look at me. The day that we stand before the Lord and he executes the works that we did, whether it was on a foundation that was worthy and standing and the motives, the motives of why we did what we did is going to be judged. And that's scriptural. And I want to tell you, just because you do something if you do it for selfish reasons and selfish gain and to be seen by man the bible says you will lose your reward so even the motivation of why you are obedient to the lord is it just so people could see you is this did you get into the ministry or into this place just to make money only or was there an eternal purpose behind that call and i want to say this when we stand before Jesus and he calls your name, there may be millions of Georges, but when he calls my name, everything in me will resonate that it's me. And the, and the judgment that he gives, not going to heaven or hell, that's, not, that's been already determined by your decisions on earth. When we stand before the Lord as believers and he tries our works, our works, I want to give you another scripture in a second. Whatever he says on that day is accurate. You can't say, no, but Jesus, you got the wrong George. It, I, I really, I, I really, knew, you knew my heart. God, God knows your heart, but he's judging your works, your obedience, your actions, your deeds, what you sowed your money to, your idle time. All right, now, now, now watch, now watch this, now watch this. We will have responsibilities, listen to me, we will have responsibilities in the millennial, millennial kingdom. We'll have, it got quiet up in here. We will have, we're not going to float on clouds throughout all eternity eating grapes. That's what we think. Forever and ever and ever, we're just going to eat holy grapes. We will have responsibilities. Now I want you to, to, to zone in on me. What determines those responsibilities? How we live on earth. Now, now Listen. In Luke 19, I, you, I didn't give this to Zach, but in Luke 19, uh, Jesus talks about a parable, and he's, he's talking about a, an austere judge, an austere man, sorry. And so he's given a kingdom principle. I want you to see this. You can check it out, Luke 19. And the Bible says that there was 10 mi uh, minas being uh, released. So that is the equivalent of 10 pounds of silver. Okay, so he left, he gave a parable of the, the person that left, watch this, he came back, you heard this, but I want you to see, I want you to see this prophetic implication here about responsibility and rewards. If you don't get anything today, know that your obedience or lack thereof is going to be judged and is going to be rewarded. Or, or, and the reward means we may not have reward. So he comes back in this story in Luke 19. 
And he says, and the guy goes, hey, I got your 10 minus and I made 10 more. You read it for yourself and you see what happens. In the King James Version, but especially in the NLT, you know what it says? He says, you've been faithful with 10. Be, watch this, ruler over 10 cities. Cities. And the one that said five, he, he gave five more. He says, Good and faithful servant, be ruler of five cities. Notice that the reward matched their work. Five, five, I gave, I gave five more. You gave me five, I, I, I made five more. You will be ruler of five cities. You know, what the, you know what the Bible says in the NLT? Check me out, check me out, I, check me out. In the NLT in Luke chapter 19, Jesus said, you be, you're, be, you're faithful to ten, now you're governor of ten. Cities, governor. So it, in our obedience, we have to have in mind more than just our 70, 80, 90 years of pleasure here. And realize that I'm realizing what's gripping me is as I'm getting older, am I storing up treasures in heaven? Or am I storing treasures on earth? Am I living my calling just walking by and not being obedient to all that he has me to do or in his word or my idle time how am I spending my idle time is it from an eternal perspective now this is not to bind anybody but it's to motivate us to have the fuel to be obedient because in in eternity which is forever we live for 70 80 years but we realize that forever is forever and we will have rewards and we will have responsibilities why do I say this because the where of eternity is either heaven or hell the how we spend is based on our behavior, our actions, our deeds, our works. Say amen. And for the believer, we're, we will be judged in light of what we are called to do. Now look at this next uh, slide up. Look at this next point. That next point, our belief. We have to learn when to look at scripture to distinguish between belief and behavior. Say belief. belief. Say behavior. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our behavior, works and deeds, determines how we will spend eternity. Our belief in Jesus or our denial in Jesus will, uh, will determine where. Here's, here, let me pause this. We will live forever. There's people that don't know the Lord. Now, there's, a, there's the, the judgment seat of Christ where all believers will stand. And that's not a, that's not a condemnational moment. But it is a moment that we may have our works not pass the test. The great white throne judgment, which I'm not going to talk about right now, is for those whose names are not in the land book of life and those who did not accept the Lord and live for him. And there's judgment there. Nobody wants to preach that in America. But I'm talking to believers here. Believers, I want you to hear me. Your works count. Your time counts. What you do on this earth counts. And I want you to see our belief, what happens uh, to the believer at the, this, the judgment seat of Christ that, uh, we're, that we're talking about. Um, our motives, our motivation is all going to be tried. And the Bible says by fire. Now, I want you to see this next this scripture because this next scripture, I'm going to break it down. The best way I can. And maybe some of you guys could break it down better than me, but I have a mic this morning. 
Amen. First uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse ten. I want you to do this again. This is not a shouting message, but inside you should be shouting. Inside there should be a motivation. Hear me now. Watch this. Please hear me. Am I wasting my life? What would it be when we stand before the Lord and our works are burned up because it was not what God told us to do? What if you were called to be an accountant and, and the Lord wants you to be an accountant and, and, and for the Lord, for the kingdom of God, and you did something completely different that may be good? Do you know that your soul will be saved, but your works, you have nothing to show for to the Lord? Now, I'm going to prove that to you in Scripture. Look at this, look at this Scripture. Man, I've read this Scripture over again, but it's direct me to be obedient here on earth. The goal is so we can have an eternal perspective so we can be obedient to the Lord because we are going to have rewards from the Lord himself. I'm going to prove this to you. There's going to be really good news in a second. Watch this. According to the grace of God, which has been given to me as a, listen, wise master builder. I'm going to share something. This is powerful. I have laid, this is the Apostle Paul, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Okay? Now, you will know that that another is not singular. That word another means plural because of what is happening next. But let each one, there you go, take heed how he builds on it. I'm going to explain what this means. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that is laid to Jesus Christ. Hear me. There's a, there's a building block coming. There's a spiritual building block, which is the kingdom of God. Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. Now, if anyone builds on the, this foundation, this foundation, the construction workers, you know what I'm talking about. There has to be a foundation, right? has to be a foundation. The foundation is Jesus, but everything else that adds on to Jesus, the works of the kingdom of God, are the spiritual uh, metamor uh, metaphorical building supplies that he gives us the building supplies is our works our works what we do for the kingdom of God will build this the kingdom of God now watch this that's founded on Jesus if anyone builds everybody say builds on this foundation on the Lord explaining the gospel kingdom of God doing the kingdom of the, doing the work of the Lord with gold silver precious why does he say that precious stones wood everybody say wood Hey, everybody say hey. Hey. Now say straw. Do you see a progression here? Did you ever notice that? I want to give you a clue of the last three. They're more flammable than the first three. I think any amens in this Methodist church here. Just joking about that. So, so, so watch this. Just pray for me, okay? Look at verse 14. Watch this. Each one's work, sorry, verse 13. Verse 13. Each one's work become clear. Le guys, listen to me. Each, everybody say work. Notice that it didn't say each one's desire of their heart will become clear. A lot of people say, God knows my heart. He's not judging your heart at this moment. At this moment, he's judging the motive of your works. Obviously, it has to do with the heart, but he's not just judging you based on your intention and your good intention. He said, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare. What's that day? The day when we stand before the Lord. All of us will stand before the Lord. I'm going to say something real clear. And in this age, I can feel the tug to say no. Every time I study and I feel this, don't say that, I know that I have to say it. 
So when I was studying, I heard the Lord, I heard this, I felt this, like, don't you say that. There's going to be people in the congregation. I just feel the err. The, the, we will all stand before the Lord. Everyone that is a believer will stand. Could you imagine that day? Well, wait, 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 wait. I, I see it in awe, but I see it as Jesus coming and me bowing and him smiling. I want him to smile. For the day will declare it. It will, de- it will be revealed. I didn't write the book. By fire. And the fire, watch this, will test. Everybody say test. Say test. Each one's work of what sort that work is. Hear me. Okay. If anyone's work which has been built endures, watch this now, watch this, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work, I'm going to say it again. If anyone's work, no, keep, if anyone's work which he has built endures, the, the, the testing, in other words, what was your motive behind that work, George? Was it so that you could be seen? What was the motive behind Remnant Christian Center? Is it to really help people, or was it for your gifts to be seen? That's what's going to be tried. The works. The works. Why did I do what I did? Was it so I could just not work in a secular job, or is it because I'm really called to do what I'm doing, and I'm doing it with the best of my ability? If anyone's work, which he has built on endures, he will receive a... Now watch the next verse. If anyone's work is burned, wait a minute, Pastor George, don't preach that. I am preaching that. If anyone's work is burned, the Apostle Paul said that. He will, watch this, this, don't get confused. He will suffer great loss. Wait, wait, wait. I was taught that nothing, everything's going to be joyful. Everything's going to be like hunky-dory. In that day, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so through fire. I didn't say this to you, uh, I didn't say this to you, Zach, but read, put that verse in NLT. I, I didn't give you this, but you got to see this in NLT. In the NLT, it says something about our rewards and about um, escaping. I don't want to just escape and barely make it, do you? I want to be able to have Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's your reward. You were entrusted with a flock of sheep, and you did well. Your motives were right. Yeah, you did some crazy stuff. But your heart was pure. And you watch this. We're obedient to what I told you to do. But look at, look at NLT. But if the work is burned up, the builder, we're the builders, will suffer great loss in that day of reward, that day where we stand before the Lord based on our obedience here. We can't change. We could only change now. Listen, Mike, Mike Bickle said one time, one thing that, 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 tr- that just threw me back. He said, Lord, shock me now so I won't be shocked later. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Guys, what are you doing with your life concerning the call of God on your life? What are you doing concerning the word of God in your life? What are you doing concerning what he specifically told you to do? Because what he told me to do may be different than what he tells John to do. But you know what? I'm going to be a judge by what he told me to do. Are you getting something this morning? Now watch this. This is where I'm going to break it down for you. Please hear me this. this, is, this is a cor- now, now, 
this eternal significance with a pure motive, all that, when the Apostle Paul says, I laid the foundation and another built, um, builds on it, he was actually saying every other person that will come after him, right, that's going to build on the kingdom of God with its foundation of, of, of Jesus, that's who he's talking to. But that also includes you and I. Everyone that comes after what he was saying, that builds on this foundation. Woo. Now, I want you to pay close attention to me because Paul then says, and another builds it, okay? He's talking about the rest of the believers. We, we, we know that. But I want you to hear this carefully because I wrote this down. The apostle Paul then gives six different metaphorical building supplies. That's what I called it, building supplies. How many, how many um, builders are in here, construction workers, or know anything about construction? Okay. He gives, he talks about six metaphorical building supplies in which we as the believer choose to build on the foundation of our life through Jesus Christ. And you know what he says? He says there's six possible metaphorical things that he's telling us, but he's trying to give us a lesson. He says gold. He says silver. In other words, some people will build on silver. silver, And it, that thing doesn't burn. Uh, when, it, when the burning comes, it still stand. And gold will still stand. And precious stones. And then there's other that will build on wood. Some will build with hay. In other words, I just want to be a Christian and I don't tell me to be obedient to the things of God. I'm too afraid. I'm too scared. I'm too intimidated. I'm just going to sit down and do nothing, but I'm going to love Jesus. His works tried. And then it says straw. And the Bible says in verse 13 that these things will be tried by fire. They'll be tried by fire. Every one of our works. I may ask you something. Why is it that, what, why do you do what you do? Pause. You don't have to answer back. Do you do it for people to see you? Do you do it for self-gain? Do you do it because, uh-oh, I want to say it, because you're getting paid? And that's what Jesus said. There's a difference between a hireling and those who are called. That doesn't mean that people that are paid are hirelings. No. What I'm saying is if you're only doing the call of God for money, your, your works are going to be burned on that day. Now, if the Lord called you into full-time ministry and you get income for it, well, praise the Lord. Keep your heart and motive right according to why you do what you do. Every one of us God has told us something to do in the word of God, but also in our individual lives. What if you were called to go to a missionary camp and start something that would create a movement that would get thousands of people saved, but you just didn't believe in yourself, or you didn't believe, you didn't believe that God will provide, or you had some issues and dramas going on in your life, and you never did that. Guess what? Your works in that day were going to be tried. Now, look at what the Bible says. Again, it says, by stone... I mean, uh, gold, silver, precious stones. I want you to put that next slide up. We will be much more serious about our works and obedience here on earth when we have an eternal perspective. Can I say that with me? Say eternal perspective. It's the gasoline for our obedience. It's the oil. It's the, it's the fuel. The thing that gets me personally, if I could confess to you, is my idle time. What am I doing with my idle time that I could be doing, not out of, listen, not out of obligation, not out of a taskmaster mentality, is what am I doing with my time? 
Am I just sitting in front of a, a TV? What about, and that, that convicts me. I, I want to be able to say, Lord, I want to be fruitful in every work. Come on, say every work. So what does these works include? It includes our calling. That's, that's obvious. It includes how and what we sowed and what we sowed into, our finances. Are we keeping our finances and holding, your, holding it in because we're afraid and the Lord wants you to be obedient, but you chose not to believe that scripture? I have news for you. You can't pick and choose which scripture you like to be obedient. There's a lot of people that's like, well, I, I don't believe in that. But of course you don't believe in that because it's convenient for you not to believe in that. It's convenient. I heard one guy say, I don't, I don't believe in all the scriptures, but I do love the one that, where he turned water into wine. I like that one. But let me tell you something. We don't have the right to pick and choose which ones. Listen, and listen, I want to say this real boldly. Truth is not determined by what you believe in. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It matters what's the truth. You may live all your life, well, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe I need to do that. I don't, believe, I don't believe I need to be obedient in my giving. God knows my heart. We say that all the time for our lack of obedience in a certain area. God knows my heart. Or, or watch this. Ooh, oh, this is good. This is free. I serve real hard in other areas. So I don't have to do what God is telling me in this area. Because God knows my heart. I spend all my time. Now watch. Because you're looking at me funny, so I'm going to hurry. When we understand the principle of eternity and our obedience, it will not only fuel our obedience, but it will help us to endure tribulations and pain. If we have an eternal perspective, we will hold on and we won't have the propensity to quit like most in the body of Christ when trials come. When we know that we stand and we will have a reward for standing, that we will have a reward for persevering, that we, that we, that we are going to have breakthroughs, not only in this lifetime, Look at, look at this. Look, look at this. Look at this. When we have an eternal perspective, put that up on the screen, that our obedience and our works count here on earth, we won't have the propensity to give up so quickly. Let this sink in. When we have this, look, look, look at this. Look at this. We, we live for the moment. We live for the moment. But we don't live for eternity. I want you to see, I want you to see something that I wrote down, and I want you to see this. I want you to see this video. If you could have that video ready. Uh, how many know Francis Chan? Francis Chan? Francis Chan, sorry. Well, many of you have seen this video before, but it's, he puts it in perspective. It's about four minutes, and I want you to see this video. Uh, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures afterwards that I'm going to close, but today I want us to, to know that what we allow in our families, what we allow in a day-to-day life, how we argue, how we, bick- how we bicker, our works on that day will be tried by what we're doing here. Now, if there's repentance, there's repentance. So I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about what, what are you doing that God is telling you not to do? Or what, are you not, what are you not doing that God is telling you to do? So let's take a look at that video. Let's hold, go ahead and roll that. Go ahead. Sign will come on soon. Didn't use a rope back then. I used a remember a, remember a computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together and it had the holes on the side that you had to peel off. Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll, and some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me. But because uh, that was the best, you know, and um, and it never worked right because of the rolling things. But uh, 
But I, I, had, I remember being a youth pastor, and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room. And, uh, but I'm going to use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now, imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on Earth. You've got a few short years here on Earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh, man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh, man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about th what about all this stuff? That's just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy. And I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God. Because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth. And it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this. And then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because that's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb, it doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying down here. It's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's just this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining. He goes, I'm straining forward. I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. He goes, I'm going to get it, and I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but I, you better believe I'm using every muscle, exerting every bit about me, because I'm going to pass that line well. Can I hear an amen of that? I want you to see this. The Apostle Paul and the early church had a common denominator. 
the Apostle Paul and the early church live in a way that we as American Christians are not living. And I'm going to just be honest. They had a, a continual revelation that their life on this earth was temporary. So they did everything they could. What was the first scripture? We make it our aim to be what? Well-pleasing to the Lord in everything we do, even in our conversations. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Are you enjoying this? A couple of scriptures, 1 Corinthians, and after these two scriptures, we're going to have the worship team come on. Look at these scriptures with me. We're all looking at it together. You can look at it in your Bible or it's going to be on the screen. Look at some scriptures that prove that Paul the Apostle and the early church walked in great obedience because they had a revelation of eternal perspective and eternal rewards and the, the fact that this is a temporary life. Look at what it, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. I love this. We've read it before, but look at it from the light of this message. Verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Why, why could he say that? Why could he say, it's easy for someone to just say, hey, don't lose heart when they're not going through anything. But Paul went through everything. I mean, he went through hell. Look at what this says. Therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. Paul the apostle calls light affliction being stoned, being naked, being thrown in prison, being, th be being all that. He calls that light. But yet we call big our AC being not working in our house <laughs> or our, our car not working. We call that big afflictions. He calls lie afflictions being stoned and then being raised back up. He says, for our light affliction, which is, watch this, for a moment. What is moment talking about? Our lifespan. Let's say you live to 100 years. That's a lot. This but a moment. He said our light affliction, which he had his eternal perspective. He said our light affliction is only for a moment. And maybe I still have 30 more years to live. That's still a moment. Guys, that perspective has helped me endure pain in my life. If I'm enduring certain pain in my life, I said this is only for a moment. This is only for a moment. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. Right? Look at this. The inward man being, uh, sorry, for the light affliction which is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at this eternal perspective. While we do not, ooh, look at the things which are, come on, seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, come on, shout with me, are temporary. Say temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. For we do not look at the things which are seen. In other words, what we're going through, what the, what the problems in our life. And he goes, those are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Now watch this. Look at the next scripture in Hebrews 11. Ooh, I love this. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Look what it says. Hebrews 11 verse 24 says this. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Are you ready for this? Guys, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You know that you have an eternal perspective when you could get away with living a pleasurous life and still be disobedient to the Lord. So you have a choice. Well, I, I could live a pleasurous life and live in this palace, but that's not where God has called me to be. Now, you have a choice. Do you want to be obedient and maybe come with a couple of the, the persecutions or whatever that come with it? Or do you just want to live a relaxed life where there's no problems and you're being disobedient to the Lord? Choosing, watch this, he said, Moses chose to suffer affliction, Why? watch, with the people of God rather to, to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Are you ready for this next one? This made me weep. 
esteeming the reproach of Christ. In other words, the, the backlash because of, of his stand for Christ. Now wait, this is Moses. Christ wasn't there yet, but Jesus, but in the, he, the writer of Hebrews says, he esteemed the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than treasures in Egypt. Why? Are you ready for this? For he looked to the reward. What motivated him to leave the palace and go into the he, with the Hebrews and get whipped and, and be treated like every one of those slaves is because he had an eternal perspective. He says his obedience is going to be obedient whether I suffer or not. Some of you, your obedience may cost you something. Uh-oh. Your obedience may cost you something. Your obedience may cost you to ha draw a line on the sand and say, I love you, but I cannot longer roll with you because there's things in that, that you are doing that I still love you, but I cannot accept. I'll still be your friend, but I cannot continue in this lifestyle with you. And you may have some cost because of your obedience. And if you have an eternal perspective, you'll realize that even though you may suffer loss here, you're going to have great reward for all eternity. I want the worship team to come up here, please. I want the worship team to come up. And I'm going to share this uh, one last, two last things. And I'm, going to, I'm going to close. You can be a believer and do eternal works and have everlasting value. Or you can do temporal works which have no value to the kingdom of God. Temporal works. God is not against you doing, having a job. That's not what I'm saying. God is not against you cooking food. <laughs> what I am saying is, in light of what he's told you to do, in light of what he's called you to do, are you doing it? Are you being obedient to his word? What's your motive behind doing what you do? And I'm going to share that with you. I want to share it scripturally. Now watch this. Uh, the, the famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about rewards, and he talks about motivation of rewards. I mean, I'm going to ask you this. Jesus himself said that we will be rewarded, listen to me, not only based on what we do, but the motivation behind why we did what we did. You say, where is that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Because in Matthew chapter 5, I want you to see this. In Matthew chapter 6, sorry, verse 1 through 4, Jesus makes it very clear. Put that slide up first, Zach. Jesus makes it very clear that our reward will be linked to not only what we did, but the motive behind why we did what we did. Look at me. Why do you want to be on stage? I mean, let me just say this. Why do, you, why do you want to be used by God? Is it so you could be on stage? Me and my leaders and my elders, uh, Pastor John, uh, we had an elders meeting. And one of the things that we talked about just, just no, two, two days ago is this platform mentality that we feel that we have arrived because we've reached a platform. Christianity, your obedience to Christ has nothing to do if you finally get your way to a platform behind a microphone, behind a pulpit, behind a stage. Yeah, if God calls you to that, well, great. But that is not the end of the story. That is not your obedience. A mom that has that all she does is raise her children right, and she has four children, and she disciples them, and they raise up to be the Lord, and she's obedient to that will get a greater reward than those who just want to have a platform to be seen. What's the reason why we do what we do? Is it so people can see our gifting, so we can be close to the pastor, so we can be close to the leader? Why, why do we do this? 
This is the motive, the motive by which we will be judged. You say, Pastor George, where is that? Do you realize that God, uh, I'm going to say something. You could do a good deed and a righteous deed and have a wrong heart. And God says, that's not it. So you have to do it again. You could do something right and do something that is of the Lord and have a wrong heart the whole time. And God says, start over, do it again, because that's disobedience to me. Wait. Wait, wait, how do you get that? Remember when, in, in, remember in the Sermon on the Mount, where Je- I'm going to go to Matthew 6 in a second, where Jesus said, hey, listen, you've heard of old, you heard of old, that if, that if man should not uh, commit uh, uh, adultery, right? right? We, we heard that, right? You would expect Jesus to say, hey, but I say don't commit adultery either. You know what he says? He goes, but I say to you, he who looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery in his heart. Heart. Now, now look at Matthew 6. Here's where we're going to be, watch this, align ourselves with why we do what we do. I pray if you get anything, you get this. My motives for obedience need to change. I'm not here to please Pastor George or Christina or John. I'm here to please the Lord. And watch this, watch this. And if nobody gives me a pat on my back, and if nobody says I'm doing a good job, and if nobody says you're great, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to serve. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Even if you get offended while you're serving, still serve. I've had people stop serving because inwardly they got offended. Who are you doing it for? Who are you doing? Listen, I, I say this lovingly as your pastor. If you stop serving because you are offended, A, you need to be healed and we have mercy for you. And God has mercy. But B, it shows that you were doing it for man and not for God. Because if you did, you would say, you know what? I need to speak to this brother or this sister. I'm gonna de- this is a separate issue. I'm going to deal with my heart. But I'm not going to stop serving in the house. I'm not going to stop serving in the ministry. I'm not going to stop serving in my gifting. Why? Because you're doing it for the Lord. And you will be tried by that. Matthew 6. Look at this. Take heed. Take heed. This is Jesus. This is in red. If you have red. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds. Is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? Your charitable deeds before men, watch this, to be seen by them. Don't make me drop this mic, please. To be seen by them. Hey, God, let me, let me pause and say this. I only say this for, the, for, the, for, for my message's sake, okay? I'm, what I'm about to say is only for my message, but I'm going to complete this. Take heed that you do not do your terrible deeds before men to be seen by them. Or otherwise, now watch this, watch this. Millennials, watch this. Millennials, hear this. Otherwise, you have no rewards. No in the Greek means no. <laughs> yeah, right? It doesn't mean yes. Watch this. Otherwise, you have no reward. Wait, who is he talking to? 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 His disciples and the church. Yeah, there were people that didn't know. I I, I get all the dynamics of that. But listen, he says, otherwise, if you do, watch this, modern day, if if you try to serve based on just because you want people to see your gifting or based on because you need to just let it out and you don't have the right motive, you don't care for people, I'm confused when people who are called in the ministry say these words to me. I don't like people. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But you can't stay there for long. Maybe you start there, but don't stay there. And and when I say like people, it doesn't mean that you have to be their best friends. I'm not saying that either. But if you're called in the ministry, you're going to have to love people. 
That's just the way it is. A doctor has to perform doctor duties. They have to do it or else they'll be miserable. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Oh, this is so good. Are you getting something? Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, look at the motive. You, you, you know, I've preached this before, but I never preached it behind a motive standpoint. Look, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet. Look what I did, guys. Post it on Facebook. Post it on, look, look at all the stuff that I'm doing. A trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that you may have glory from them. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward, which is nothing. But when you do a charitable deed, oh, God. Oh, God. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed, now listen to this. If I get emotional, forgive me. I've, I've preached this before. My friends know this. I preached, I, but something was highlighted to me just a week ago in this. Your charitable deeds may be in secret. Watch this. And your father who sees in secret, this is the word that got highlighted to me, will himself reward you openly the father himself himself i looked up the word himself so that so that all the theologians in the room would, would, would know that what i'm saying it's not talking about an image of himself it's not talking about a delegation of himself or a or a metamor a metaphorical uh, uh, phrase about himself it actually means the actual person when we do things with the right heart and the right motive, the Father himself is going to reward you. I want to see the Father. You're going to see the Father. He's going to reward us himself, not a, deleg not a delegation, not a, a, a duplicate twin of him. It's not like this old man with a beard and there's billions of people out there and he just tosses rewards to everyone and says, everybody catch. Ooh, I got my reward. He says, you, come. You are faithful with little. I won't give you much. Look at the next verse. Wow, I feel the Holy Spirit here. <sighs> I'm going to close with two more to this one scripture. This, this wrecked me. This is my last scripture. This, this is where I might get emotional here. There's one scripture that I pray every single day. And I pray, Lord, let this be my cry. Lord, I want to say this at the end of my life. Like Paul the Apostle said, I want to say this. I want to live my life so that when I'm ready to go, I could be confident and say, I did it. I tried. I did my best. And this is why. Because I'm going to receive a crown of righteousness from the Lord Jesus himself. We're going to stand before him and he's going to get a crown. And based on our works, he's going to give that crown to us. You know who knew this? Paul the Apostle. Look at that scripture. I want everyone to see. This is my prayer. And this is my prayer. And then I'm going to show a slide here. For I, this is Paul, am already, the end of his life, being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Look at this. This is my prayer. I say this every night. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. I'm going to say that again. Keep that, put that, put that verse back in. I fought the good fight. He's confident. I finished the race. What race? 
what God called him to do specifically. Him, him. He wasn't talking about anybody else right now. He goes, I have finished what God has called me to do. And I'm, watch this, I'm confident I don't have any regret as I leave this earth. Some of us will have great regret. I have kept the faith. How many people could say that they started strong and finished strong? Look at what we just said before the sermon. Two prominent people who've been walking with the Lord for four, 40 years or so publicly denounced their faith in Jesus Christ. They started well, but they didn't keep the faith. Watch this. Are you ready? Look at the next verse. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, not only to me, but also all who love his appearing. You know what I would desire? Put that picture up. All of heaven that day. When I come before the Lord, and you come before the Lord, that this is what they'll see. That Jesus himself will give us a crown. As we bow before him, and we're not ashamed, and we did what he called us to do, and we corrected those things that he did, told us to correct, and we completed the word of God. We'll kneel down before him, and he'll have a smile on his face, and he'll put a crown of righteousness on our head you could only get that way if you have an eternal perspective of your obedience have you had 20 years 15 years 10 years where you had just been floating by as a Christian and not doing the call of God have you just been sitting there listening to music good music worship music but refuse to be obedient to the things of the Lord my friends I'm going to close with this our eternal perspective would determine our placement in heaven. Will you make a decision today to live from an eternal perspective? I want you to close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes. We're closing. Will you make a decision to live your life from an eternal perspective? Will you make a decision to stop wasting time? Will you seek to be obedient to everything he's asked you and told you to do? Will you be obedient to what he's told you to do? What he's told you to do? Or are you going to let offense get away? Are you going to let bitterness get in the way? Are you going to let selfishness get in the way because they did you wrong? Or you're angry and you want to show God that you're angry? Guys... It's time to answer the call of God over your life. It's time to say yes and actually do it. Not just say it, but actually do it. He also wants you to see the motive of your heart. Why you do what you're doing? Currently, why are you doing or why are you not doing something? Some of you have stopped serving. I say this prophetically. You've stopped serving in your local church. you stopped serving with your giftings because someone offended you. Let's get back to wholehearted obedience that... Your works matter. Your works matter. Stop waiting for the pastor to affirm your gifts. Stop waiting for a man or woman of God to say, I feel you're gifted in that. And start doing it. Start making yourself available. Come to our leaders or whatever in your personal life. It doesn't have to be through the local church. But stop pushing the pause button and push the play button. 
Come on, everyone, stand up. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.